You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't we don't have any of those, so we're going to get started with Garrett. Okay, so I watched the uh, Kansas City-Denver's game uh, just for the sake of trying to be familiarized with uh, a little bit about Denver. And uh, their defense, of course, uh, obviously is really atrocious. But uh, their offense, their running backs looked fast, and that concerns me. <laughs> and them having such a terrible game against Kansas City, um, I don't know. It just feels like we're heading into a trap. Like uh, Admiral Akbar saying, it's a, it's a trap. I feel like we're heading into a trap when we go back to Mile High. I just... This team, I've lost all faith in this team bouncing back after what I watched in Las Vegas. Um, and frankly, I agree with you, Ryan, that I, I think Matt LaFleur is coming off more and more soft. I've called him Maybelline Man, <laughs> and uh, I think another analogy of him is uh, he's softer than country crock butter. So I'm just... As a play caller, he's had his moments, and people have said his inadequacies were covered up by Aaron Rodgers, and I'm starting to believe that that might be true. So um, they've got to do some major, major changes for me to start believing that this team has the right direction and the right coaches to get them where they need to go because um, the shine has become dull i'm out well i think that's fair i mean you know i've I've made similar comments about you know at this point you just got to prove it to me i'm I'm not going to sit here and defend you you know um i mean i i have like right now i'm 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 on the defense of matt lafleur at least insofar as the play calling is concerned uh the rest of it i think is is fully um it's it's much harder to determine whether or not there's validity to it but, I mean, just in general, you know, I mean, the, the team's preparedness and, uh, you know, coaching just as, as, a, as a broader point aside from even the play calling. Offensive, defensive, even special teams. I mean, guys are just not showing up. And then you've got the individual play um, aside from the, the play calling, whether or not you feel that that's an issue, that there's no issue that offensive, defensive, and, and special teams performance is not up to par. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's we we spend some time, you know, especially since they started off hot. You know, they started off looking good. And so you feel good. And then they have their first little down bout and you're like, you know, maybe kind of. I mean, if you look at it from this angle, then it kind of looks like this and you know, technically these things happen and those things happen or whatever. 
And three games in a row of seeing kind of a consistent theme, you start to back away and say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to pretend that everything's okay and that everything's going to be okay. I will fully acknowledge that things may be okay later. I'm, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. That's possible. But, but you're the one providing me the information. You know, it's not like I'm being unfair to the Packers. I'm using the information that's being provided to me by you. By you not being good at football. You don't want to be called soft. Don't play soft. You don't want you don't like the you know the 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 way I'm talking about the quarterback, play better. You don't like people complaining about the receivers, play better. The offensive line, play better. You know? I mean I I I I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, we're we're all obviously still Packer fans. I don't think anybody's ever called in and renounced their Packer fandom, despite I know some people would say if you're not supporting the team to their likeness, then you're not a real fan or whatever. But, I, I mean, I understand at least what I think you're saying, which I think is where a lot of people are at, which is I love this team and I will always watch and support and root for the team and, and hope for things to get better, but I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke. Um, I don't have faith, and you've given me no reason to have faith, so I'm just going to sit back and watch and enjoy the game as best as I can. And uh, if things get better, great. I hope they do. But um, until then, I will just assume this is a bad football team. So, And that's what it has been, right? How this team is going to end, I don't know. What they're going to look like next year or over the next five years, I have no freaking clue. But if we take the information at hand, especially the most recent information, which is the most useful information generally speaking um it's not a good football team so i don't think there's anything wrong with that sentiment in general hey ryan it's seth i just had a question for you all right you were talking about um on the podcast how our offense was a joke and i mean there's no disagreeing on that they definitely were against the raiders um feels like our offense has been a joke more more frequently in the last couple of years than in the first couple of years of Matt LaFleur's time with us. And I had a thought that it might be one of three things, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, if you agree on one of those three, or maybe you're not sure, or you think there's a different option I haven't thought of. But my first thought is maybe um, it was <clears throat> after Nathaniel Hackett left, I think is when our red zone offense took a big drop off. That's also the same year Rogers broke his thumb, so – you know, is it Rogers leaving? Um, is it Hackett leaving? Um, maybe it wasn't Hackett actually leaving itself, but the fact that Stena left O line. Um, so that's kind of a few thoughts I had in the head. Um, maybe it was Rogers. You know, maybe it was all Rogers, and uh, until Rogers wasn't uh, elite level anymore, and then it declined. Maybe it was Hackett leaving. Maybe it was Stena moving from a offensive line to O line coach. The last thought I have is maybe it's um, what kind of Clayton had said if the league's caught on. If so, and uh, I can throw this question over Clayton, too, on his show. Um, but I'm, I'm calling you, so I'm asking it here. Um, if our offense is actually, like, falling behind or the league's caught on, why are other McVay-Shanahan-style offenses working? Shanahan's office, offense is working. McVay's offense is working. Uh, Mike uh, was it Mike Daniels? The Dolphins' offense is working. So, are they all adapting and the floor isn't, or is that not the case? I I don't fully understand that, and there's probably a lot of layers to that. But, anyways, those are my questions for you. Talk to you later, man. Well, I mean, and this is one of those things that's nearly impossible to answer. But 
I think the Clayton answer to that question, because I know that's more his alley in terms of that specific topic, but um, is that Shanahan and um, what they're doing in uh, Miami, whatever the guy's name is, they're they're not the same. It's it's from the same tree, but it is a different style and it's it's a different way of playing. I don't know anything about that, but I I believe that would be the answer to the question. I, I don't again, I don't necessarily agree with the premise. And and the reason is we saw a very high functioning offense to start the season. Right? We've seen it. And even after that we started seeing it just in the second half. And it wasn't until this last week we didn't see it at all. And then I went back and watched it. And there was every reason for this offense to be just as successful. There, there, was, there, was, there were concepts that work. There's just the blocking isn't there, the running isn't there, the passing isn't there, the catching isn't there. If those things start happening, I have no doubt in my mind this offense is fine. Because I see it. Because if you put a different quarterback in that spot who throws the pass accurately to the right guy on time, that's a big play. So... You know, yeah, I maybe there is an element of this is not the most cutting-edge offense in the world and um, defenses have a better understanding of how to play it, but that is not the reason the offense isn't working. Um, again, we, we saw this offense work. It was the number one offense in football just a couple years ago, and even in 2021, it was a very good offense. Uh, and then, you know... I, I, so you know we'll we'll see as we go forward kind of how things materialize but i um i i guess that's just where i'm at i i saw a high functioning offense and i still see a team that should be much more high functioning is it like andy reed cutting edge or freaking miami goofball cutting edge i don't know is it sean mcveigh is he is he as good as sean mcveigh at calling plays probably not but this absolutely is not and should not be a, you know, bottom five functioning offense because it's such a massive divergence from what Shanahan is running because it's not. It's very similar conceptually. And again, if, if, if it's just been bad all year, then you factor in 2022, then you go look and it's like, yeah, nobody's open. Like, it's just not working. That's when it would be like, all right, yeah, something's very wrong. But Packers had one of their most high-scoring games week one that we've seen in a very long time. So I just think we need to get guys doing their job a little bit better. And at the very least, we'll have a better understanding of where this offense really is at. You know, like, okay, so everybody's, you know, the the offensive line is blocking fine again. We're back to like a 15 20%, like really good Packers offensive line pass blocking rate, like 15 20% pressure rate. We got Aaron Jones back in the run. You know, it's not the most elite running offense, but it's a good running offense. It's perfectly fine. The receivers aren't dropping at a much higher rate than anybody else. It's not perfect, but it's just it's just like on par. Then we can sort of better assess like, all right, yeah, it's maybe still not quite where it needs to be as far as play calling or whatever. But right now, I'm just I'm so far away from that. I know that seems to be the main focus now, but I just I'm just kind of brushing that off. Ryan. Kyle from Madison, man. What up, there? All right, what's up? Okay, so I'm listening to the podcast, and I know you're just getting caught up from Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, I was critical of the play calling, and I understand you're sick of hearing it, but it was like 12 hours after the game. I can't provide you evidence, <laughs> you know, 12 hours after 
I'm 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 not speaking to past you. I'm I'm just saying, and I think I even said this. Going forward, this is what I need because I'm because I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. And I was talking to seventy different people immediately after the show, saying the same thing. And it's like, you know, again, moving forward, we're just kind of talking past each other unless somebody can kind of tell me something more than just this is what i think because it's like yeah i know and that's what everybody else thinks and here's what i think and so we are finally making it by the way this is saturday so we're kind of in round two of this thing so we'll we'll see how this evolves over time i guess that's the game that the play calling was garbage uh i just am getting around to looking at some of that film now i mean i don't know it looks like pretty across the board everybody made freaking mistakes Everybody on the team, including the coaches. That's all I'll say about that. Um, I am kind of enjoying the the discussion here about love, and so I'll, I'll jump back in. I, I think that the the comparisons with 08 Rogers though are pretty ridiculous. A, there's a 99 point whatever percent chance. I mean, Rogers is a generational talent. So did I do that, or are you talking about other people? Because I don't remember doing that other than just saying like oh eight was the last time that nothing freaking worked period so that's that would be the parallel the comparison itself is kind of an exercise in futility but let's be real about these two teams okay this team is is on the descent it it got embarrassed at home by, by being swept by the lions it's got what like 70 million in dead cap between rogers and bakhtiari and then Jones isn't playing. Um, you go back and you look at that 08 team, right? Who, who, let's look at our offensive line. Chad Clifton, right? You had Tauscher. There's your two. Oh, 08. I was, I was thinking 2018. I'm stupid. Oh, what the heck was 08? We're talking first-year Rodgers? All right. Carry on. Sorry. I'm the only one that's lost here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm up to speed now. Tackles. Then you got Wells, College. Who the hell am I forgetting? You got Wells College and oh, Sitton. Those are your guards, right? <laughs> Money. How's that line looking compared to what we got now? My goodness. Um, you got Ryan Grant for running back. I'll take him over Dylan. Then here's the receiving core. You tell me who's who's a better receiving core. Would you rather have what we have now, or would you take? And again, I I don't know. I've said a lot of things, so I don't know if this is like in response to something I've said. The only thing I could think is. I know some people have looked at 2008 with Jordan Love and said, well, look, Rodgers was bad too. And my whole thing was, come on now. (laughs) I know there were struggles, but Rodgers was not doing this. So I'm not sitting here saying he should be on Rodgers' level or do what Rodgers did. I'm just clarifying my stance in case that's been misconstrued because I know I go off responding to other things and it sounds like I'm saying something I'm not. I'm really just responding. Um but that's the only time I remember really bringing that up was the 2000. And it might have even been you, Kyle, talking about because he threw three interceptions, I think, in week four. And it's like, see, he threw three interceptions, too. And it's like, yes, but he also threw two touchdowns and he had multiple games with over 300 passing yards and multiple games where he graded in the 80s and 90s as compared to Jordan Love, whose highest grade, I think, was like a 63. Um, So I'm just saying I, 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 I'm technically in agreement saying the don't compare, right? Not saying you can't use him as a comparison. I'm just saying don't try to pretend that they're running parallel right now because that isn't going to fly. 
So I'm 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 not saying that he should be on that level. I'm not trying to say any of that. I'm just saying pretending that he's as bad or Rodgers was this bad in his rookie year isn't really going to fly. Vince Jones, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, and Jordy Nelson with Jermichael Finley. Would you rather have that? <laughs> I mean, I just think these comparisons are insanity. Um, and then if you look at the defense, I mean, that defense, we knew what they were going to do two years later. But, I mean, it is freaking stacked with Woodson and Collins. And, I mean, it's just stacked. Yeah, well, in classic Packers fashion, how did that defense hold up when it counted? <laughs> Not very well, but yeah, I, they they had a lot of players, which I think we do too. But yeah, they had some uh, they had some studs for sure. And so it is kind of just a matter of finally putting it together at some point. Amazing that they had as many letdowns as they did that year. Right. So yeah, yeah, and, and I think it was eh, maybe it was oh nine. Was it oh eight or oh nine that I said was like I think it was it was definitely oh nine. 09 was, um, I think, the, the one year that absolutely should have been a Super Bowl, aside from the, the, the Rodgers year that we did win. 2020 is a very close um, second or third, and, and also obviously 2011 is a good one. A couple other ones, but I, I when I look at 2009, which basically is the same team that you're talking about, um, that, was, that was a heck of a missed opportunity. Absolutely. Rodgers had a really good year that year. No doubt about it, I thought. But to compare that offense with that team where it was in 08 to this team, man, this is a completely different situation because the Packers are going all in on youth movement. There isn't a freaking veteran player on the team hardly anymore. So does that make a difference for love? Absolutely it makes a difference for love. You put driver on this team, you're going to move the sticks a little bit more than we are now. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about maybe peak driver. I don't know about like 2009, 2010 driver, but um, yeah. I, again, I, I I don't know if that was to me or just in general all the comps going on about Rogers. But um, look a, a, again, this is my whole thing. It's I'm not saying he should be doing what Rogers was doing. It's fine to look at it as a comparison if you want to, and then we can talk about the different scenarios or whatever. But again. Everything is sounding very fieldsy, right? Yeah, well, it's not good, and it's never been good. And in fact, it's not just not good. It's actually quite bad. But excuses, 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 excuses. Yeah, but look how bad everything is. And if everything was just great, it's like, okay, well, here's the thing. Bad is still bad. We can leave the door open. If, if the other situations around him are bad, we can leave the door open that maybe, maybe... It's the circumstances. And that's fine. It's still early. Maybe he's still working out some of the kinks. Maybe the extra bit of pressure kind of broke his brain. Maybe the prime time was a little, the lights were a little bit too hot and he wasn't ready for it. Whatever. I don't know. Again, we can make up all the excuses we want. But it's been five games and zero of them have been good games. Um, and so... It's 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 not as though we we can't take bad and pretend it's good just because he's it's wrapped in bad. That's what everybody else tries to do. That's what Bears fans try to do with Fields. They try to pretend he's the goat, and then when you say no, he's not the goat. He's playing like garbage. It's like yeah, well look how bad everything else is. Okay, he's still playing bad. Okay, that's that's the bottom line. If you want to say he's playing good and it could even be better, that's one thing. Saying he's bad, but. You know, I mean, I don't have any proof to show that he's anything other than bad, but it's possible that 
if things were different that he would be good, okay, I guess. But that doesn't move the needle very much, you know? I mean, quarterbacks can do a lot of stuff with far worse. I mean, again, Joe Burrow has been working with a horrific offensive line and pretending that we are, I mean, we're like first world problems over here talking about woe is me with this offensive line. Like, okay, we went from like top three offensive line to, you know, subpar offensive line. Like, it's not great, but freaking woe is me, you know, as if we got these horrific wide receivers and, you know, because of a handful of drops. Like, I mean, Watson is a supremely talented individual. If we could get the ball to him, you know, okay, he dropped one. Yeah, okay. He had to lay out for it. It wasn't the easiest catch, but he should have made it. Fair enough. We've seen what Dobbs can do, right? Didn't he light up week one? I mean, two weeks ago, I asked who was everybody most excited about, and it was Jaden Reed, but I guess, okay, the offensive line is terrible, the wide receivers are terrible, the tight ends are terrible, and the coaches are terrible. Or, hear me out, we could just say he's been bad, and then it needs to be better. I, I, I will acknowledge it's not the perfect situation, but I will also acknowledge it may not get significantly better than this. You're not guaranteed a top three offensive line or a top three wide receiver. Some quarterbacks are being asked to perform without those things. You know, I mean, the Chiefs are not... The Chiefs have taken a hit. There's no doubt. But they lost Tyreek two years ago. Yes, they still have Travis Kelsey, but, you know, we, I'm just saying, like, you can lose stuff and you're still being asked to do things. You know, Green Bay's offensive line via PFF ranks 17th as far as pass blocking right now, thanks to how horrible it's been the last couple weeks. San Francisco's ranks 19th. I'm just saying. Anyways, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Kyle from Madison again. Got got swooped up by the three minutes. But I'm just saying, like, if there was even one or two veteran wide receivers on this team that just were always in the right place every time, it would be making a huge difference. And then you throw in Finley, my goodness. So, I, look, you just can't compare the two teams. One was clearly on the ascendancy. Again, I, I don't think I really did, but all right. And then Rodgers put them over the top, and that took – you know, two years, year or two. Um, and also they needed a little bit of different personnel on defense. But, I mean, like, they had they had 70% of the pieces there. 
By the way, I just looked for the heck of it. Do you know where uh, the Packers ranked their offensive line in 2008? 16th. So it's actually actually very similar. Already off that Super Bowl run. So I just don't think there's any scenario where, like, you plug in Jordan Love and he... In uh, week five, Aaron Rodgers was under pressure 32.5% of the time, which is that extremely high percentage that Jordan Love was in in week five also. Um, but he had a 63 PFF grade under pressure and an 87.4 while kept clean. He threw uh, three touchdowns and one interception in that game. And looks like, trying to do math here, 313 yards. So, I'm just saying. Just brings the team to the next level, considering how young the personnel is. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he did he play like trash. Yeah. Is he not going to be the guy? I, nobody knows. I'm not saying he is going to be the guy or isn't. I'm just saying, like, the team itself has to, like, learn how to win. Has to. Everybody's got to be running the right routes. Like, I don't know what's going on. But I thought Aaron Nagler made a good point the other day, you know, where he's saying – Almost certainly Jordan Love is the guy in the field that knows the offense better than anybody else, you know? And so when, when guys are running weird, you know, routes where they're not supposed to be or they're freelancing while the play is still in structure, that's going to, you know, you're going to turn that down because something's not right. You don't know what's going on. I don't think they're to the point yet where everybody's on the same wavelength where they can just freewheel. I mean, we've seen what happens. Um when people are kind of doing their, going rogue early in the play. So we're just not to that point yet. I just don't think the structure is in place. Well, and, and again, I mean, we're that we are aware of there is one play where a guy didn't run the right route. So, I mean, we're spending an, an inordinate amount of time talking about guys running wrong routes when we have one example of that. And I think the rest is just we're assuming guys are running the wrong route because you know, the offense isn't working, and they're young, so there must be guys running wrong routes. But I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I don't know. And, and again, we talk about, well, you know, you're going to turn it down, and you don't want to, like, get all freewheeling and going crazy early on. But the problem is I'm seeing Romeo Dobbs running wide open, and rather than throwing it to the wide-open Romeo Dobbs, he's launching it to triple-covered Jaden Reed. So even if we want to say, well, Romeo was a little bit slow or fast or high or low, which is nonsense. I mean, he was right smack dab in the middle of where the defenders are. I can't imagine a more perfectly placed spot for him to be in. But even if you're looking like, ah, I don't know, he's not quite doing it right. I don't want to do that. In what universe do you then throw it to a triple covered player? So that's not really connecting in my brain either. Right. So, again, maybe, but we're kind of just making stuff up now. Now it's like, well... Yeah, but they're young, so they must be running the wrong route, and because they're they're running the wrong route, that must be why Jordan loves making mistakes. And again, maybe that's a component, but I'm just all I'm saying is I'm watching it, I'm watching it, and I'm seeing there's an option he doesn't do it. There's an open guy he missed him. Like it's just, I, I just I, I there's no doubt he he was my least favorite player in this game, period. That's not every game. Some games it's other guys. And I understand, like, the, the defensive nature of wanting to circle the wagons around Jordan Love. But I've never really had this, aside from, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers, because it was equally as, like, heated. You know, if you 
defend Rogers, then you're a bootlicking, freaking Rogers loving hippie, what you know, dope smoking, whatever. And if you attack Rogers, then you're a hater and you don't appreciate what he's done, and you're some different kind of hippie that you know, whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't know how it works exactly, but. So, so that was a little exhausting, having to decide whether or not you thought Rodgers was doing the right or wrong thing, because no matter what, somebody's going to hate you. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with Jordan Love. Um, I watched the game. My assessment could not have been any more crystal clear. Jordan Love was by far the biggest problem in this game. And um, I don't know. I, I, again, I, I don't mean to make assertions necessarily about your intentions, but I don't know what else we're doing other than just making up reasons unless you know of a bunch of other routes that were run improperly i only know about the luke musgrave one where he ran a little bit too high and again that was the exact play that romeo dobbs was open and he threw it to triple coverage so even on a play where it's like see somebody messed up jordan was still worse on that play his inability to throw to an open guy and to recklessly throw it into triple coverage is significantly worse than hey uh luke you're like three yards further down the field and you're supposed to be on that route like (laughs) I, I mean, okay, I don't know. There's clearly some supporting players that are needed, and hopefully... Maybe. Uh, Maybe you know, not, though. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, Well, obviously, we don't have good enough guys. Why are you saying that? What are you... I mean, what are you seeing that tells you that they're not good enough? I know there were a couple drops, but I think the supporting cast would look a lot better if the ball was thrown to them when they were open. Because then they would catch more passes, and they would get more yards, and their stats would look better, and we would feel a lot better about our wide receivers. We're not going to feel very good about our wide receivers if they don't get a lot of yards and touchdowns, and they're not getting a lot of yards and touchdowns if Jordan Love can't throw the football. And yes, the offensive line also plays a role in that, you know, but still, it's... it's. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know if they're good. I've seen Romeo Dobbs play really well. I've seen Christian Watson do fantastic back when Rodgers was here, because they were, like... Big time in sync. So I, I, I'm i a huge fan of Watson. And again, I'm seeing him run just right past people and not get the ball. Um, so I, I, I can't just sit here and be like, well, the receivers just clearly aren't good enough. I just, that's not clear to me. It's, it might be clear to you. It's not clear to me. I'm not, I'm not complaining about maybe trying to find an elite player. Like if we had a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson just floating around and we could get them, we'll figure it out. Like, sorry, somebody's got to sit for a minute. Um, but I, 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 I'm not looking at anything that's telling me we just don't have the receivers, we don't have the tight ends, we don't have the running backs, or even the offensive line, although obviously the last two weeks have been suboptimal, and we've never had good run blocking, but we didn't have good run blocking before, and we ran the ball better, and we had just a better offense. I mean, did we have a great run blocking offensive line in 2020 when we had the number one, off, uh, number one offense in football? No, we didn't. We had the same offensive line that was... Great at pass blocking and sucked at, uh, you know, run blocking. Same thing, as always. So I'm not looking at it as, well, we don't have good enough people. No, when we get Aaron Jones back, we have an offensive line, you know, minus David Bakhtiari, but we haven't had him for a while. We have an offensive line that is proven to be good enough, at least in pass blocking. We have running backs that have proven to be a good backfield. We have wide receivers that have proven to be good receivers, and we have tight ends that are at least as talented as the tight ends that we've had for a very long time. Like, a decade. That's not saying much, but still. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't... Uh... I'm, I'm not going to get... It's not just Jordan, it's everybody else. I'm not giving anybody else a pass either. Well, they're young. No, bullcrap. The offensive line knows how to play better, and they need to step it up, period. 
A.J. Dillon needs to be better. Aaron Jones needs to come back and, and keep being Aaron Jones, which I don't have a ton of reason to think he won't, but the way everything else is going, who knows? And I haven't really seen the... I mean, again, yes, Watson has a drop. Dobbs has a drop. Musgrave has a drop. Musgrave ran a wrong route. Like, that's not great. But that, that's such a small, small piece of the overall picture. Is it possible? Sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm not observing that. I'm seeing balls get thrown in the wrong direction to the wrong guy inaccurately. I'm not seeing like Watson where it's like, I feel like he should have run that a little more. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's happening. But I see no reason to believe that other than just coming up with reasons why Jordan might be struggling and we should take it easy on him, which I think, if I'm just being honest, I think that's exactly what's happening. The love starts taking steps as well as these receivers, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's all I can say about that. All right, thanks. Hi, dude. Nico, what's up? Hey, remember, 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 remember when that 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 guy? Remember Ryan when when that guy called him uh, Coach Matt Matt Coach Matt the F. Yes. And, and remember, remember, remember when he said that he was only good because he was the quarterback guy. Remember? Lombardi. Do you remember that? Yep. You okay? Because I do. Um, <laughs> so I used to work in a, in a hospital when I was younger, going to school. And one day the head nurse came up to me and said, hey, would you like to uh, observe har- some organ harvesting? And I'm like, ah, I mean, kind of, you know, like I've never seen that, never had the opportunity. Right. Will I ever get this opportunity again? You know, so I, I said, let's, yeah, let's do this. So I watched organ harvesting on this poor dude and, uh, it was like when they popping out the eyeballs, it just, you know, it just, oh, it was hard to watch. I wouldn't have even considered that. Kind of like last week's game. It was like watching, like. That's, that's so horrible that that was what the backstory was all about. Wow. All right, sorry. A combination of, like, the most generic plays coupled with the absolute worst execution. So, I, I don't know. It's, Kind of was harder to watch, to be honest. I mean, I think we're to the point where it is coaching, and I don't, I don't know if if old Matt Lafleur can fix it. I mean, I hope he can. I like him. I think he's a good dude. But uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think it's talent. I know we have no talent. Let's face it. Our numbers one and two receivers maybe have sixteen games under their belt. That's the one year. Less than one year. Um. Tight end, nothing, you know. Our offensive line, they're an enigma. Don't even want to talk about them. Um, but our – and then we got the one super elite running back who just can't have a good hamstring. So, I don't know. Clearly, when he was playing, game number one, when he played, man, the offense looked great. Love looked amazing. Um, I Yes, I think that's the problem. But you know what? Good quarterbacks make it work. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if he can't, I think Lafleur might be gone after this year. If he can't write it, and if he's gone, Love's gone. Unless Goody still likes Love, unless I don't know. I just hope they can rewrite the ship. Uh, defensively, I'm with the rest of us. It's time for a new. I called Dom Capers. He could probably do some good with his talent. I don't know why we didn't get Vic Fangio. Everybody wants the Vic Fangio defense. Why don't we just hire Vic Fangio and he was hireable? I mean, whatever. But anyways, 
Go Petco, and uh, God bless. And the only way I could see Matt LaFleur getting fired is if there are bigger issues going on beneath the surface. Because obviously Brian Gutekunst and, and crew have been observing a lot of things from afar, and, and there's more to life than, I mean, obviously you don't like play calling either, but we don't need to talk about that for the 500,000th time and where I fall on that. Um, they they have ideas of how things should be running structurally um, as far as the locker room and as far as the way things happen, the attitude and all that kind of stuff. Um, if they are supremely dissatisfied with that, and they see this as like his second bad offensive performance year, maybe, but I would just really doubt it. And and, and that would probably have to be coupled with like some other major overhaul, which might happen if they have an opportunity to get, um, like if we have, if, if we end the season with a really high pick and we're replacing Jordan Love, we may want to look at it and say, look, let's just do a big, we're getting rid of the head coach. Um, we'll bring in a new coach. That coach will bring in a new defensive coordinator. And, and an offensive coordinator and a whole new staff. And we're going to work together and we're going to get a new quarterback and we're going to just start from that standpoint. I I would put those odds at like 5% right now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they feel about the rest of his job as a head coach. Because, you know, I, again, he's not an offensive coordinator. His job is not to just draw up cool plays, right? There's a lot to being a head coach. And I don't know what their assessment of him as a head coach is on all those other things. So um, that would be the only thing. I just, I just have such a hard time believing they're going to hang out to Joe Barry as long as they are. And then Matt LaFleur, who had such supreme success, and again, I still think is a very good play caller and is doing a good job calling plays. At least he's doing a good job of getting guys open. If the plays suck, but they're open anyways, but it's just not cool enough... I guess that's a separate argument we can make, but all I can do is watch a play and go, yep, that guy was open. Um, and then just not hate the play. But uh, I, I just I just really, really, really would doubt that he's going to end up getting the boot after this year, um, especially with other things going as poorly as they are, which, again, if that is where they're going to put the blame, like the reason guys are not stepping up... Um, also, you know, Matt LaFleur was the reason Joe Barry was brought back. And if they feel like, you know, if they if they talk to Matt and they're like, we think he should be gone, he's like, no, 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 I want to keep him. Um, and it's like, okay, but that's that's on you. Like, you, you are putting your name next to him. That's another knock against you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, a- again, we'll, we'll just, we'll put these all in our back pocket. We'll see how things progress. And who knows, next week might be a disaster. And I'll go back and watch and go, wait, never mind. Actually, that game did suck. The play calling in that game absolutely did suck. Um, in which case, now it's like, okay, now now what can you do? But um, I just, I don't, I don't see that as a thing. Maybe in the near future, we can say by next year, I'd be really surprised. The only concern is if we end up with a really high pick, which if we do lose to the Denver Broncos, it's certainly bumps up quite a bit like we might have just jumped double from five percent to ten percent in my mind because that's that's a fireable offense in and of itself losing to a terrible team like that and and again regardless of the play calling you look at the preparation you look at the motivation you look at the execution and it's like clearly there are some very broken things here and we need some kind of an overhaul so um as of right now i don't see that happening a a brutal loss to the broncos we can um we can revisit this, I guess. Uh, how are we doing with time? Let's just take our other break right here, and then we'll uh, wrap this up.
Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. Hey. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that you're doing well because, you know, you're still doing your podcast. Even still though here. Nobody's really happy right now because, you know, team ain't looking too good. Personally, up here, oh, getting ready for winter. I've been cutting wood and my back is killing me from chopping trees up. But the whole Packer thing, that's what we're calling for, not to listen to me cry about my old, old ageness. Um, I, I, I've been calling in, I've been saying that I have issues with the offensive line, and I still have those same issues with the offensive line. Um, I know everybody else has been calling in and telling you that, you know, they don't like the play calling, and, and they, oh, they're all about getting the coaches and all that. Um, to a degree, I, do, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with them because I see a whole lot of problems with execution, and execution is a coaching problem. If the guys don't know what they're doing or don't know where they're supposed to be, or if, if they're they're not at the right places at the right times, taking the wrong route, that's 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 coaching. That's because they haven't been taught to do what they need to be done, what need to be done, and taught properly so that they know it and it's just in them, and they don't have to think; they just go and do it. Um, granted, we have a lot of young players, so you got to kind of balance that. You know, there's going to be a lot of mistakes made because we have young players, um, and the coaches are going to need to fix that. Uh, but I, I still have a problem with, with this offensive line. Um, not to backtrack, you know, guys, but I think it's a little bit of a Rodgers effect, and not because he was the guy organizing the line, but because you ran a different kind of offense with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that a lot of what the offensive line was being built towards was the type of offensive, offensive line needed to run an Aaron Rodgers offense. And we're not running an Aaron Rodgers offense anymore. This offense is being run very differently. And I'm not sure that these are the right guys to be in those spots. Uh, the Green Bay sweep doesn't work for Lombardi unless he's got a guard that can get out on the sweep. If the guy can't get out there, then the play don't work. You need to get a new guard. I don't care how good he is as a, as a run blocker in line or a pass blocker in line. If he can't get out on the sweep, he's useless to him. Um, and that's a lot of what I see with this offensive line that we have right now is the guys – they have ability, they have talent, but they're, I don't think their talents and abilities work and move in the direction that we need it to be going in. Uh, I go on longer, but three minutes is a, isn't a long time to sit and get into a big run of all the little ins and out details, but I, I think that's a big problem. And again, come down to coaching. So those are the things that we have to work on. Jordan loves a whole different three minute phone call. Uh, but other than that, go pack. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, I mean, as far as the personnel, it's possible. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm. When you look at Josh Myers try to run block, for example, I'm not really seeing anything that that you know, like he he was much better when we were doing these kinds of things, and now he's bad. It's like no, it's it's kind of the same stuff. I mean, it's it's a little different in terms of a lot more seemingly power. But I think that just has to do with just the ineptitude in general of uh, the people and, and maybe a little bit of extra A.J. Dillon workload. Um, pass blocking, though, I mean, my mind immediately goes to how can we isolate this and try to figure out whether there's a difference there, and I don't know where I would go. I don't know what's different about the offense now than, than was with Aaron Rodgers. Um, it seems to be more creative in other words it feels like matt lafleur i know that's exactly the opposite of where most people are at but from what i'm seeing matt lafleur is much deeper in his bag trying to run more creative type of stuff and so 
you know, maybe they're just not cut out for that, especially all the, the moving around pieces and whatnot. But, I mean, we had polling guys before and everything else. I think maybe the pass blocking is a little bit more complex. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, certainly with tight ends doing a bunch of work off the edges and, and all that kind of blocking stuff is, is problematic. And maybe that's part of where the issues reside. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, when you get Zach Tom just getting whooped off the edge six times, that's that's got nothing to do with scheme. That's just getting whooped six times, you know. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, going back to the earlier part of the call about, you know, that is coaching. We're kind of doing the same thing with Matt LaFleur that, that I went through with Joe Barry, where it was, you know, the defense isn't working. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, we hired the guy and I defended the hire, not because I liked it necessarily, but just because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, right? Just because somebody was good or bad before doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's more exciting, obviously, if they've got a really good track record. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, first step. I feel like that should be an important part of the process. Make sure you have a good track record. But, you know, you don't know. So let's just see how it goes. And then the defense sucks. And it's like, all right, well, you know, you see guys making mistakes and missed tackles and this and that. And it's like, well, it's hard to blame scheme when guys can't execute. And then after like three years of it, you're like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. I mean, at the end of the day, your guys don't know what to do. Um, they're constantly confused. They're constantly going the wrong way. They're not prepared. They're not motivated. I mean, at some point, we got to look at coaching. And, and I guess I, I get that from Matt LaFleur as well. Um, you know, being motivated is a personal issue. If, if an offensive lineman just has a bad day or if half the team has a bad day, it's on those individual players. I mean, the, the coach is there. He's there doing his job. Why aren't you doing your job? But, you know, if it is a consistent enough problem, you do have to start to look at the coach and say that you're, you're doing something wrong as a manager, um, as a leader of this unit. So... I get that at the very least, and that is definitely something that I've had kind of in my crosshairs for quite a while now. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? This is Miku. Good. So, when I was in college... Oh, no. Uh, I worked at a hospital. It's pretty cool. And one day... Are you telling me the same story again? Would you like to go witness some organ harvesting from a patient? And I was like, um... I guess, kind of. Like, I didn't know if I would ever have that opportunity, if you want to call it that. So I was like, yeah. Did you not know that you called this in already? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm reading through it to see if this seems similar. Um, top two receiver, 17 games, or, which is like a season. Said that before. I think it's the same call. I apologize, Nico, if you were going in a different direction with that particular version of that story but um i'm gonna skip it and assume that you just forgot that you had called nine hours earlier with the same same call so uh what up jimmy hey it's jimmy um i, I don't know where this is going to be played in the grand scheme of things so i just wanted to leave an evergreen message in case it ever gets heard or played and the thought was um i wonder if there's a mathematical formula where you could take all this um these scores that you're doing you know where you're looking back and Thing of the accumulation of of um, scoring mm -hmm. uh, and scores allowed to predict, um, you know, what the next uh, outcome is going to be, but then also acknowledging that there's um, recency not uh, unbiased. There should be more recency bias right. than there is built in um, because that's like the, the most recent trend. And actually, I, uh, technically, that is built in because I'm using the the DVOA. Dave, D-A-V-E, which does wait more recently. So it's kind of already built in. 
um, in the earlier part of the season matters less. Um, I wonder if you could weight it differently so that, like, going back one game, um, you know, is a certain value and going back a game past that is, like, 17th less and 17th less after that. So, like, each game you get current game, uh, you know, there there's not that um, you're not taking into account, but you're weighting it less. I'm not so good with science and mathematical formulas, but it sounds like you've got something going. And I just wonder if there's a way to, you know, basically make those weeks that are further away from now less valuable, like weight them less in the grand scheme of the the um, the mathematical formula. So that's my thought. See if it makes any sense to you. Go back to yeah, so I'm kind of just deferring to them on that as far as how they set it up. It's a lot easier that way. Um, there also is built into the sheet that JJ set up. So there's there's different like drop down menus, so you can kind of build it. You build your own formula or whatever. But I like to stick with the Dave. And then there's also a uh, when you just look at total points scored, there's total for the season, but then there's also last three games, just in case you want to like peek at that. And I kind of do that once in a while because three games is a really small sample size, but sometimes it, it kind of gives you a little picture where you want to pause and go, wait a minute. If it's about the same, then it doesn't really matter. I also want to look at home and away, which I, I'm i going to lean much more into home and away later when there's more games you know when you've only played five it's you know it's it's kind of there's going to be a lot of skewed stuff but once you get to about half season um but again i'm i'm gonna look at it and just see like dallas is one of those that kind of got my ears perked up as far as home and away where it's like mm, i don't know dude i'm a little nervous which that game should be starting pretty soon actually for me so um yeah i appreciate the thought and you're right and it's important for obvious reasons but especially as packer fans and you look at it and it's like oh yeah packer should win and it's like okay you're obviously just looking at the full picture and not recent um and i'm seeing a lot of people do that too where it's like no the packers aren't bad they're average it's like no that's average when you average out the whole season which started off really good and ended really bad like the defense might be consistently average the offense was really elite like when you're looking at epa or whatever and then was complete garbage in that same metric and it's balanced out so to say that they're right in the middle no they've basically never been in the middle it's it's a tale of two stories and waiting to see which one kind of comes out ahead ryan from madison buddy how What's are you good all right you know so i've i've talked in the past about my my 11 year old nephews from germany and uh he was over visiting this last summer and he became huge Packer fan because his nephew Kyle hooked him up with all the premium Packers garage sale attire as nice. one does. Um, and I just got a Madden for his PS4 for his birthday two months ago. And it's a, it's really a tremendous learning tool, actually. You know, yeah. you kind of forget, you kind of take it for granted as an 11 year old trying to learn American football. I don't know that there's anything better. Um, but as I'm teaching in the game, you know, there's been these things that I just accept. I don't know why. And then I'm confronted with a question about them. <laughs> and, I, and I don't have an answer. They're just like, oh, yeah, that is totally dumb. So here's one. And I was a little bit too upset about the game last Sunday or last uh, Monday to really think about this. But I was reminded of it tonight. What is with the shadow officiating? Because it, 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 uh, I was stuck trying to explain it. Right? Because 
Last week, there was an ineligible man down field flag thrown, right, on I remember, one of the Packers' offensive line. And then they picked it up because they looked at it, whoever they is, right, New York, whoever. It's just like, okay, I know, I know they've had that functionality, like if something is really wrong, uh, they can really, they can fix it quickly, you know, something egregious. But I thought that was an interesting one because it was like kind of a judgment call a little bit. But I was like, okay, maybe they don't think it's a judgment call. But tonight, the Bills game, and the same thing happens, and Terry, what's his name, or whoever the officiating guy is tonight gets on there, and he's like, no, that shouldn't be a call, you know. That yeah. shouldn't be a penalty. And it's like, well, they're both nationally televised games. Why, why isn't that the same call? Like, what, what exactly is going on there, and why wasn't it corrected in the same way? And then who, who are these officials? And, like, what are the things they can and uh, officiate on? And I, I just – I didn't have any answers. I'm like, I actually have no idea. But it's kind of a big deal because if they are getting into, like, the judgment call range, it does change things a lot. Um and then just the, the sheer, like, inconsistency of what they're doing tonight versus last Sunday. Uh, it's just strange. So I don't know if you had any insight on that or what all they can and can't do, but it just seemed weird that we all just kind of accepted that that uh, they could pick up flags of things just from a call from New York. I mean, can they throw them, too? I don't know what all's happening there. But just wondering your thoughts. Yeah, it is kind of weird. It seems like this weird thing just kind of popped up out of nowhere and nobody's really talking about it or discussing it. I think part of the reason, at least for me, that it hasn't been front of mind is because for the most part when I've seen it, it's made the game significantly better, right? They make it faster. So, I mean, sometimes they'll review a play and, and it's like they won't even go under the hood. It's just like, oh, yeah, never mind. It was a first down. Like, wait, what? I've never seen that before. Like, oh, yeah, they looked at it up north and it was pretty obvious the refs messed that up. So there you go. Um, and then there's other times they're picking up flags that you know, like I, I've always wanted that. And I've always thought, why, why, why we, we're all watching it on TV. Why can't you have somebody else watching it? Um, now are, are they occasionally going to get that wrong? Probably, but I just feel like that's a, a, a necessary course correction. And I like it because unlike every other correction, this actually speeds things up instead of slowing it down. Um, I don't, I, I also wonder, cause you, you mentioned like what can and can't they do? I don't really know, and it's funny because we, we kind of have a pretty, most of us have a pretty good understanding of, like, how the rules work and what the refs can do, and like, oh, no, you can't challenge that, and you can challenge that, and we got a pretty good firm understanding. I don't know what how many of us actually understand what those guys in New York can do. Like, can they radio down and be like, dude, you got to pull a flag? Because there have been sometimes it's like, that was a really late flag. You just wonder if somebody's in their ear, like, dude, throw it, because that was BS. Because, honestly, I think they should. You know, I, I again, I, I know for the most part, we all generally agree less officiating is better, but I think we all just want good games. You know, I, I understand sometimes some crews are like, they let him play and it's pretty this or that. And I think we're okay with it as long as it's consistent. If you want a physical game, great. If you're going to be ticky tack, fine, but you better call it on their team too. So whatever it is, just try to help make it consistent. Um, Because I, I, I think it hurts the game when these egregious calls happen. And, uh, you know, when you have even the announcers going, yeah, that was, that was just a bad call. Well, you should have somebody saying, pick that flag up. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you can't do anything about it. Maybe they can't get to it in time and they let the next play run. The next, you know, the, the, the players hurry up to the line, run a play. Oh, shoot, they missed it, whatever. 
fine. That's part of the game. That's part of the strategy, I guess. It's just part of how it goes. But, you know, any opportunity you can without completely messing up the flow of the game, if you can have people just in those refs' ears. Now, again, I don't care if those refs serve almost no purpose other than to have like 20 guys up in a booth watching TV screens, you know, each controlling the ear of one of the refs and just saying, throw it, throw a flag, and then you can just radio to Like, you don't even need to huddle. Like, we'll let you know. Like, you can just walk out to the middle of the field. You know, the, somebody way down on one end zone throws a flag, and then they just radio to the other guy what the flag was because the guy that threw it doesn't even know what it is anyway. So the guy just walks, you know, whoever the, the main guy is, walks out on TV and, you know, that, you know offsides or pass interference, I guess, if it's way down on the other side of the field. Number 14, whatever, whatever. I, uh, I'd i have no issue with that. So, yeah, I don't know how it works. And um, despite having no clue how it works, I'm going to ref- recklessly advocate for an expansion of more of it. Because, again, usually when it interjects into the game, I love it. Like, every time you notice it, it's usually when something cool happens. Like, after further review for the last you know, 2.2 seconds, we determined that we messed that up. So we're going to back that up and like hurry this game along. Like, sweet. We don't have to like break to a commercial break. And then when we come back, they're still looking at it. I've, I've seen way more um, picking up flags. And again, I don't know if that's coming from New York, but I just feel like there's a lot more of it. It was pretty rare. It seemed like back in the day where somebody would pick up a flag. Now it seems like it's almost every game you're hearing. There's no foul on the play. So picking up bad flags is also a really important thing, I think, because throwing a flag unnecessarily is is bullcrap. It's one thing to miss something. It's another thing to have a phantom call. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about it. I don't know how many people actually know the rules of how that works and when they can interject and when they can't or whatever, but I feel like they should have pretty supreme authority and um, should try to help make it a better game. And then if they can just roll back some of the, you know, uh, roughing the quarterback penalties and we could actually have a normal enjoyable to watch football game i think because that's getting wildly out of control personal fouls in general are, are a lot of these penalties are getting kind of ticky tack by the way tyreek hill getting flagged for doing that backflip when he took a selfie of himself that's the biggest bs thing in the world because that was dope <laughs> that was freaking awesome take some dude's cell phone takes a selfie of himself doing a backflip he should have gotten a raise not a freaking fine. That's bullcrap. But um, anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Appreciate all the calls. We are officially back on the clock with the Packers playing this week. So I look forward to kind of looking into the Denver Broncos. Unfortunately, they actually looked halfway competent, at least in terms of preventing the Chiefs from scoring 70 points. So anyways, we'll take a look at that in the days to come. You guys have a good rest of your uh, your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.